0: How's it going, y'all? I hope you're well. My name is Yael Sante, and this is She's Soul. Today's guest is someone I recently met through hosting a gig of hers, and her voice stunned me. She's got vocal control like no other and a tone that speaks true to R&B music. She's Soul. She is Taylor Dineen. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Of course. i excited to be here. Oh, of course. I'm so excited to have you here. And I'm so excited to learn about your relationship with music and share this with the listener. So let's get into it. First, tell me, where are you from? So I'm from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For those that aren't familiar with where Oklahoma is, it's the state
1: right above Texas. I get that a lot sometimes. So yeah, born and raised Oklahoma City.
0: Oh, that's dope. That's dope. And when did music um, make its mark in your life? Like, do you remember the moment you realized you loved it?
1: Um, I I don't know. I didn't have, like, a specific, like, aha moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Music has kind of, like, always been a part of my life from the time when I was five. I come from a very musical family. So Mm -hmm. I grew up in the church, and especially Mm -hmm. on my mom's side, like, I have a lot of singers on my mom's side of the family. So we were always singing in church, and then I had cousins and, you know, uncles that sang outside of church and everything. But I guess the period where I really felt like I wanted to do it as a career was maybe when I was around like 15, 16 years old, just because it was always kind of like a hobby until I really wanted to start taking it to a more professional level around that time.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So like when you were in in high school is when you were kind of like, okay. Oh, wow. That's Mm -hmm. nice. That's really nice. And it's even in your voice, like when you say that you have family members that also sing, like, It sounds like that in your voice. Like I was thinking about that. I was like, there's no way she's the only musician (laughs) in her family because your voice is very like mature and experienced. And I think that's what's one of the things that is so, so beautiful about it. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, a, a lot of people, like, they didn't believe me or a lot of people don't believe me. But I do have, like, a lot of family members that can sing better than me. And some people are like, oh, no. But it's just because a lot of them sing in church and they mm-hmm. don't sing outside of church. So it's just kind of like you don't really hear them like that. But, yeah, I have deep family history.
0: Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, and something – um, church, church music and then learning to sing through church – is such an experience and I feel like that really is something that always sets a voice aside so I think that's absolutely gorgeous thank you yeah of course and when I first heard your voice I immediately thought of Alex Isley her Brandy and even Maya like Maya's uh, specifically her song Fallen I was like oh, these are uh, like 90s (laughs) R&B bops that she is singing at this show today, just like within your own music. So I feel like 90s R&B may have had a huge influence on the artistry, on your artistry today. So what artists were played in your household that influenced your voice? And what artists influenced your voice like when you developed your own taste in music?
1: Man, I've always had such a special love and appreciation for '90s, like '90s R&B mm-hmm. and '90s R&B, like neo soul. I feel like that's yes. kind of the foundation of my sound. Um, when I think of artists from that period, definitely Brandy. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think of Erica Badu and Lauryn Hill. Oh, yeah. Those are like the top three. I've always been a Brandy stan. Like, I remember in high school, I would always listen to her music and just, like, study her runs and all of that stuff. Yeah. And I would just go back and study the singers that she was influenced by. Um, so definitely, like, Whitney Houston mm-hmm. and Aretha Franklin and just, you know, some of those, like, heavy hitter R&B singers.
0: Yes. And I'm so glad you mentioned runs because I remember hearing you live and also hearing in your your own music, like, you have such an ear for that. And I I love, I love hearing like runs and all of that stuff. And just like the technique and being able to notice that someone's ear can go differences within the key. And I was like, she has that ear. <laughs> so it, it's Thank awesome. You. Yeah, of course. I actually am um, kind of reminded of the time you did a live with uh, Lola Ville. And there was oh, a point... Yes. Yes, you, I think you'll know exactly <laughs> what I'm about to say. There was a point where you did this beautiful run where you literally went like almost down the entire scale and she just got up and was like, whatever, like just left because it was so insane. Jazz is so extra. Like, I love her. Oh, I'm sorry, Lola. <laughs> I, <just laughs> <can't
1: make sense. laughs>
0: I love her too. She is yeah, so incredible. She is amazing. We got a quick shout out to her because not only does she sing but like, produce uh Arrange. she's got an ear that's that something crazy yeah yes. uh but getting a little bit further into it do you have any specific albums or songs that will always stick out to you when you think about the music that has impacted you hmm okay this is hard because it's like so many since mm-hmm. we were talking about
1: R and B music I just want to like talk about like brandy some of my favorite songs of Brandy's will always be Broken Hearted. Yes. Um, from her first album. I love Sitting Up in My Room that she did on the Waiting to Exhale track or the waiting, yeah, the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack. Um, mm-hmm. when I think of like Erica Badu, like I'll always love her Baduism album. Oh my and god. And yeah. mom and Mama's Gun. Like those two are my favorite. Mm. Um
0: Staples right there,
1: yes, for sure. Um, early 2000s music, like I listened to a lot of John Legend and Alicia Keys because, like, I was like. I grew up in like the early 2000s and then like in the 2010s and stuff. So mm-hmm. I love like that original that neo soul R&B sound that John Legend came out with like when he first like mm-hmm. came onto the scene. So his Get Lifted album is always like one of my favorite albums of all time that was I think Kanye Kanye West co-produced that. But oh, wow. that is such an incredible album that I feel like has influenced a lot of my sound and just like writing in general. And then of course, like I loved Alicia Keys growing up. So her diary of Alicia Keys album is always going to be one of, my, one of my favorite R&B albums.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are definitely two staple albums right there for sure. And I actually didn't know that Kanye co-produced that John Legend album. But mm-hmm. uh, Alicia, man, I feel like... She's a singer that every singer will have some sort of relationship to in terms of music. Yes. Always, especially with those earlier albums and 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 singles and like even music videos like You Don't Know My Name, like I'll never forget that song. That is one of my favorite songs of all time and also just
1: talking about Kanye again, like Kanye mm-hmm. produced that song. So <laughs> What? Just <laughs> yes a lot of people don't know that but yeah he produced that and actually I went to see John Legend live not too long ago and John Legend was doing the background vocals on that
0: (gasps) so all those those
1: oohs and stuff yeah that was John
0: <laughs> wow, I had no idea about that. I, that's why it's so important to like go look at song credits so you can see like mm-hmm. who, the team behind things. Wow, I'm shook right now, especially when you said Kanye produced that because I feel like Kanye has been around for a lot longer than we think he has. I he, like he was in the background for a long time and then suddenly just was like, "This is me." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, insane. He's
1: done a lot. I feel like those three artists, just in general, like Kanye, Alicia Keys, and like John Legend, like they've evolved so much mm. over these past two decades. It's just like really interesting to see like how much they've been involved in like other people's projects and just influences. It's great.
0: Yeah, that's that's so true. And and what is your um, earliest memory with music? Man, okay, it's,
1: it's gonna <laughs> get a little embarrassing for a second, but. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> when I was younger, I went to a, a private school, uh, a Baptist church, and we would have like these like musical um, like programs and stuff. Like we'd have like a grandparents' day where we'd yeah. sing, and then we'd have like Black History program and just like Christmas programs and things like that. So I was maybe about six or seven, and my class. Was supposed to sing a song for, I, I think it was Black History Month or something. Mm-hmm. And me and my best friend were going to like, we were going to like co lead the song. So we have the song solos. And for some reason, I still don't know why to this day she did not show up. Like, oh. I don't know if she was sick or what, but she didn't show up. So <laughs> I had to lead the song by myself. And I think it was, I don't even remember what the song was. I just have like the memory of just like standing in front of like my class, like kind of in the front while my class is in the back, and just kind of like Mm -hmm. leading the song while they were standing behind me. And just I don't know. I just felt really confident in that moment, but in the back of my mind, I was still feeling some type of way because she didn't show. She didn't (laughs) show up. But. So that was like my first time like leading a song and like actually like, oh, like I can maybe I can actually sing a little bit. But the following year mm-hmm. I did the talent show for the school and I had stage fright. So I went through like a oh. stage fright period where yeah. it was like really embarrassing. But eventually I grew out of that. But yeah, those are kind of like yeah. my first two memories. And then from there it was just kind of like doing you know, choir in schools. I eventually went to a public school and just kind of like did like little choirs and plays that were cute and fun, you know.
0: That, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so, that's so cute and amazing. And I, I'm, I love the <laughs> fact that like you even said like you were low-key salty. Girl didn't show up, but it's almost like it was so perfect because it's like God just called you to sing it at that point. You're right. I, You're I think right. that's awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then the st- and it, it's It's awesome that you said, you know, that you grew out of that because that's so true in your performances now. You have a great stage presence and then also great interaction like with the crowd. And recently I was watching on, um, I think, yeah, it's on your Instagram where you sang uh, Butterflies. I think it was a calf show. Oh, Um, yes, yes. Yeah, at Berkeley. And you had uh, Bean and Lola on B. First of all, those BGVs were perfection <laughs> Like just perfect layers of a cake But you were singing And like, not just like singing But singing, if you know what I mean And really giving like your version of life to that song um, So it really, really stuck out to me So that, that's just, it's incredible to see where where you started And how it was so young And to see it still yeah. continue to this day Thank you. I love that
1: you spoke about just the BGVs and that performance. I think that was like an A and R showcase um, before the pandemic. I think it was maybe 2018 or 2019. But I think that just speaks levels to their talent. Like being and Lola, mm-hmm. just because like we literally like threw that together. Like we rehearsed maybe an hour before we wow. went on. So they're they're amazing. I I've always love singing with them. But yeah, I've oh just gosh. really volumes to their talent there.
0: Absolutely. My ear could never. She could never. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, oh no, thanks. <laughs> oh, no. Don't sell yourself short. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so we're gonna continue this uh shift here. Before we go into your music and continue talking okay. about uh, Berkeley College of Music Because you recently graduated from there And also covered hers I Can't Breathe for their YouTube channel How did Berkeley impact your musicianship And what was it like to cover the Grammy Award winning song for the university?
1: Man, Berkeley was really a journey for me Just because like, mm. for a long period of time I didn't think I was actually going to be able to go um, wow. just because it was so expensive and just like, I didn't really yeah. think that just from where I'm from, you know, Berkeley wasn't a very well known college. So it was just kind of like taking a risk of like auditioning mm-hmm. and just being able to go and everything. But, you know, thankfully I was able to go and get my education there, but I just feel like they really pushed me out of my comfort zone, just the institution in general, and just, like, being involved in a lot of the productions and just meeting so many talented people. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like I had the gifts, but I wouldn't have been able to really, like, make them come out of me more and just develop me, mm-hmm. develop them more had I not gone to a school like that and just been surrounded by so many talented, you know, teachers and, you know, students and just being in an environment where it really pushed me to just like okay like come on now like you've got the talent and now you have to put in the work um something that you're not used to to really be able to grow um but yeah it was definitely a journey um but yeah so I got to do um this cover um during the pandemic I did a cover of I Can't Breathe by Mm -hmm. her and just I thought that was like a really cool fun experience um I got Christian Sessoms to program and arrange the track for me, and I did some vocals on it. And Mm -hmm. um, I asked Funder to come on and do a rap, which was amazing. And I just thought, Mm -hmm. you know, during the time, back in 2020, with everything that was going on, it was like sending the perfect message out to people. And just, I always love her. So anytime I get the opportunity to do, you know, cover a song by her, just sing anything by her and study her, it's just amazing. A great learning experience.
0: Absolutely. I totally agree. I love what you were saying about Berkeley uh, almost being a risk because I I felt the same way when I took the risk to go there. I like I thought all the same things, like oh, how am I gonna pay for this? And it, it's so far away from home. Like and everyone in Denver would be like, Oh, Berkeley in California? And I'm like, No, in, in Boston. The yes. music school. <laughs> oh yeah. Gosh. So I, I totally relate to you when, with that uh risk factor in it, you're mm. right. It is um, definitely a school that pushes you because it's music 24 7. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we're not used to that. It's like, yes, we love this that much, but to constantly have to do it like throughout the week um, yes. and have to put in that effort, like, and it's extremely hard work to balance with like sessions and then um, gigs and then making your own music and still keeping that fire and that love for your own music and separating it from the education part that was that was something that I had found really challenging Ooh, man
1: that is so true just like with the fact that you mentioned it, it's that 24 7 so like by the time mm-hmm. you get to the end like you hate to say it but you're like burned out <laughs> yeah absolutely. like with me I was just kind of like I I love Berkeley and I love the experiences but I'm kind of like okay like after I graduated, I'm like, yeah, I'm burnt out. Like I'm ready, Mm -hmm. I'm ready to go and move on to my new chapter and just, you know, work on my career and everything. But yeah, you definitely, Berkeley squeezes everything they can out of you to like, yep, get like you basically, you get all that you can out of Berkeley because like, if you go, they're going to work you and you're going to learn a lot. So, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Every everyone's busy. Like it's absolutely insane. I remember um when it was my time to leave, I was like, I don't want to see another harmony book for a while. <laughs> don't even talk about facts. ear training. Like <laughs> facts. And, and speaking of leaving Berkeley, I also saw that you were a part of the 2019 graduation ceremony, and I actually watched that ceremony. So I saw, you know, you got to perform for Missy Elliott and Justin Timberlake, and, and Lola was there, and like so many amazing musicians. So tell me about that experience. I can't imagine what, would it, what it would be like to be on that stage and see Missy Elliott, legendary Missy Elliott and Justin Timberlake Ooh. cheering you on.
1: Man, okay, so that... Just that whole semester in general, and that show was definitely one of the top highlights of my entire Berkeley experience. Just being like a, you know, supporting vocalist in that commencement concert. I actually like. I didn't know I was going to get to be a part of it until I think it was maybe Mm. like four weeks before. Oh wow. Um, And yeah, just that I was a part of the Missy Elliott tribute. So it was directed by Rob Lewis. Mm -hmm. So just that whole semester, um, I got to work and study under Rob, which was absolutely incredible just working with a music director of that, like, in that high rank of just like the industry in general. But Mm-hmm. We worked on the Sylvia Rohn tribute first. I don't know if you were, um, if you went to that show, but we did a Sylvia Rohn tribute for Berkeley's Career mm-hmm. Jam that year and just um, giving her a tribute and shout out with all the artists that she's worked with over the years. So, me and Lola and Kinami and Piao, um, oh. um, all artists, we we created yeah. like this in vogue group Mm -hmm. and like just we had like little mini groups and like tribute songs that we were a part of like a super group and just we got to work with so many different artists and i met so many amazing people that semester that was when that semester i met bean and julia gartha and just like so many amazing so many amazing artists that are just doing incredible things like now even after that um It was so amazing, but um, we got to do the Missy Elliott show and just like learning through her music and going back through all of her songs and catalogs. It's just so amazing to Mm -hmm. see like how great of a songwriter she was and just like how many artists that she's influenced to this day. Just like with Fantasia and Jasmine Sullivan, like Mm -hmm. two R and B singers we got to love, and just like doing that tribute and like knowing she was in the audience, like. That feeling was amazing. I don't think I've had a feeling like that in a long time and just the fact that she came to us after the show to express her appreciation like Aww. she is such a down-to-earth person and we really got to see that and and just that was definitely the highlight of one one of the the top highlights of my Berkeley experience because it was like I think it was The semester after that, or like one or two semesters after that, the pandemic kind of like shifted everything. But. Yeah, that was such an amazing experience and just like everybody in that group that was a part of that performance, we were just so positive and loving and supportive of supportive of each other. There was no like competition mm-hmm. or anything. It was just like so much genuine support and just like pushing each other to grow and be better as performers. It was amazing.
0: I can't imagine having an experience like that. That is absolutely insane and and I can't imagine the energy that was felt between um, just all the musicians at once on the stage as you guys are all blending, you know, to perform the music and and then to be appreciated by her afterwards. Like I've heard, she's very humble, and that just makes yes. it all the more like worthwhile. <laughs> yes.
1: And I love yeah.
0: the names that you mentioned too, like uh, Julia and and Piao and and. I know Kinami personally, but um I don't know Julia or Piao, but I know their voices. And that's that, mm-hmm. you know, says a lot about Berkeley as well. Um it's a small community, but everyone there is just so greatly talented yes you've blessed the world with two absolutely gorgeous singles the first being run in in 2020 and personal that came out this month of january 2022 i heard both of these at the uh so far gig of yours and i've had them in rotation like since well not personal since because personal just came out but since mm-hmm. personal came yeah. out that has been in rotation <laughs> Thank you. But before we talk about your most recent release, let's take it back to Runnin right quick. So Runnin this track made me this is the one that really made me think of Alex Isley because it delivers on a gentle tone, vocal acrobatics, and BGVs that are like just stacked. And I know you wrote and arranged and, and produced this. So when you were writing the song, where did you start first? Was it lyrics? Was it production? Was it was it melody? And is this the same for how you generally approach uh, creating?
1: Man. Okay. So with running, I started with the track first because it was actually a, a, an assignment of mine. Like I was doing homework and wow. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was taking a production class at the time and I was supposed to create a track um, for an assignment, but I kind of like got off track and I started mm-hmm. like messing around with some stuff and I kind of like created like a nice chord progression and I just kind of, like, started, like, laying some instruments down and just kind of created, like, this loop. And after I got, like, the chords and then, like, I laid some bass down and just, like, all of the drums and, like, programmed all of, like, the synths and everything. And, like, I kind of had, like, this nice loop. And I was, like, this is, like, a nice little, like, vibe going on. Like, it was just groovy. So just imagine, mm-hmm. like, the beginning of Runnin's track without any vocals or anything. And yeah. I was just kind of, like, vibing. And I sat on that for, like, a few hours, um, until I kind of started coming up with some melodies. Um, and then from there, um, just kind of like the lyrics came and just like built off of that. But it was mainly like the, the hook. So like the running back farmer. like that mm-hmm. hook that I started. And then I kind of like created the verses after that and the pre-chorus and everything. But I usually don't start a song that way when I'm making it. Usually it's melody and chords first, and then I build the production and stuff around that, Um, unless I'm, like, top lining and I get, like, a beat already created and I top line over it. But, yeah, I usually like to start with melodies. I'm a very, like, melody person. I'm always humming and Mm. coming up with different ideas and like any time of the day, usually like if I'm if I have a melody or something, I think, oh, that's nice, like it could be like a good fit for a song in the future, I'll record it. Yeah. So yeah, I usually start with like melodies and chords and then I'll just kinda like build the structure around it. Lyrics usually come last for me just because like
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. I have to think about like concepts and stuff all the way through before I can just like throw it into a song. I don't know. It's yeah. kinda
0: weird, but <laughs> No, <laughs> well, that makes sense. I love to see how everyone's um creative process is so different. And you mentioned instruments. Do you do you play any? So, I s- started playing instruments. I
1: took piano lessons like off and on when I was a kid, mm-hmm. but it was like never consistent. Um but like when I got to high school and middle or actually middle school, I picked up saxophone. Um, oh, wow, And I played that. I actually like auditioned for Berkeley uh, with singing and saxophone. I composed like this little thing that I played before what? I started singing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I actually got in on both, but I decided to <gasps> just you know stick to the singing and everything. but <laughs> Okay, talents. Well, I would have never expected yeah. that. Yeah, it's kinda like something that a lot of people don't know just because I haven't played in a while. So like obviously I'm not like I'm I'm rusty. Obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but yeah, I, I played saxophone from like the time I was like ten to to now. Well Not consistently now, but I, in high school, I also like, I picked up guitar a little bit. So I know the basics of guitar. And then when I got to Berkeley and really understood like the concepts of harmony and stuff, I kind of like self-taught myself like the basics of piano and everything to where I could like navigate myself through, you know, song structures and things. So I don't really consider myself an instrumentalist, but I know enough about like different aspects of like certain instruments to be able to like create a song or like produce something. But yeah, if I wanted to like like with running, I did get, you know, Jake Carter on guitar and like bass mm. players. So like I'll create like the structure, and then from there, I'm kind of like, okay, now take it to the next level with your actual instrument skills. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, amazing! I was gonna ask you about that too because I was like, when did it? I was thinking to myself, when did it go from, um, like the the idea, and then bringing on the musician? So I'm so glad you mentioned that. And Jake Carter, uh, incredible! I've done a couple performances yes. with him. Oh. Ain't nothing like Jake Carter. And and just the fact that he does does blues as well, like, amazing. Mm -hmm. And I haven't met uh, the bass player on there, uh, Kent Mashimo, but Kent did that. And then I think it's, uh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but also shout out to Akili Bradley. Yes, Uh, the trumpet
1: player. Mm -hmm.
0: Yes. Uh, Oh, my God. The trumpet was literally like a cherry on top. It, It really just like... All together. (laughs) I loved that. I was like, okay, come on trumpet. And then even the mix and mastering engineer as well, Feelhood, like that mix is crisp. And I can always appreciate an engineer that has the right ear for how to perfectly layer BGVs, but keep them balanced with the lead vocal on top. Thank you. I am like super, like, I'm super
1: protective of my BGVs, like in my recordings, (laughs) just because like, when, when I mix, like, when I have certain mixes and everything, like, I, I don't like my backgrounds to be like pushed to the back. I, I appreciate my background just as much as the lead, and I want them yeah. to like to have as much shine. So, like when I have my mixes and stuff done, I'm like, okay, always make sure you know the backgrounds need to be
0: heard, like nice mm-hmm. and clear, because I want to be able to hear like each and every part. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, and 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 that's a well achieved. But within uh, this song, and also within personal, like the background vocals are there, and you can hear the layers, but yet they, they're so well done, the ear still has to really listen. And um, mm-hmm. I like that about that. Thank you. And the next question may seem uh, totally random, but every time I have this track playing, I instantly see the color orange in my mind, but it's like a peachy orange. So I, would, I just want to know, was this song written in the daytime? And and what type of atmosphere did you set for yourself to write it? It's such the opposite, actually, oh.
1: because um, the year that I wrote this, I wrote this in 2018. And... Mm. It was maybe like two or three am in the morning, and I lived in the basement of this townhouse. Wow. <laughs> and yeah, I just kind of like crafted it out there in the middle of the night in this small, stuffy room. Um, wow. <laughs> so yeah, the environment did not match the song at all, but like mm-hmm. I, I created a lot of music in that room. Um, mm-hmm. that's like very near and dear to my heart. But yeah, um, the orange color. I can I can kind of see that a little bit, like with mm-hmm. the, the finished mixed and master, but yeah, it was definitely created in a room that was like very dark and
0: gloomy. Wow. <laughs> 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 and the time of day that it was made, like the fact that it was like two something in the morning makes so much sense. Yeah. Especially knowing now that you were at Berkeley making that song. Like, of course you were up that late because there was so much other homework mm-hmm. to do and there were so many other sessions and stuff throughout the day that that was the only time of day to do that homework. Like Yep. <laughs> that makes sense. And going into the lyrical writing, do you tend to write from experience or do you pick themes or ideas to follow? Um,
1: I feel like it's like half and half. Um, Mm -hmm. was kind of, like, a mix of, like, personal experience because I was in a relationship at the time, but it was also just kind of, like, the mood and theme. I just felt like the track was so, like, feel good that, like, I would want to be singing about something that's, like, relatable and, like, just, you know, something that makes people happy and, like, you know, good love makes people happy. So, I don't know. I just kind of, like merged my personal experience of like being in a happy relationship with just kind of like something that other people can relate to um personal is kind of like the opposite um it was more of like based off of another theme or concept that I kind of relate to but not in a way um but yeah Mm -hmm. it's it's half and half on the the lyric writing
0: that's amazing and I, I like how you mentioned the feel of the production because I was gonna say it does have a very new relationship high on love like type of vibe to it for sure
1: Mm-hmm.
0: all righty so we're gonna get into personal oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is so good so you Thank brought you the so listener much. in oh you're welcome you brought the listener in with acoustic guitar and some beautiful runs that catch anyone's ear like musician or not and i adore arrangement on this song so i want to know is this a track that you arranged by yourself again or, or was this done in collaboration with anyone
1: So this track was done in collaboration with Trey B, who is a producer out of Atlanta. Um, he created oh, yeah. the track for me. I kind of like had already written the melody in a way mm-hmm. um based off of some previous chords that I had. But when I sent the song to him, I wanted to keep the melody and have him create another track to it. So it was basically kind of like a half top line half like song from scratch in a way. Mm. But yeah, he created the track. Um, he got the guitar from uh kai alexander and then he kind of like created everything else around the guitar um, and then he sent it to me and I just kind of like, you know, did my vocals and everything that needed to be done. And then I later decided to add bass, which was also mm-hmm. Kent Mashimo.
0: Really? Okay. I was so, going to ask yeah. about who is bass. Cause again, it was amazing. I, my ear always goes straight to bass. I have an obsession with bass and, um, just the choice of notes and like a groove and everything that Kent chose immediately stuck out to me. and. Um, I've I've heard of Trey as well. I heard of him through a friend of mine. Um, his musical name is Josh2800. And he had oh, introduced okay. me uh, to Trey on on Instagram. I've never actually met Trey in person, but Trey's an incredible producer and um, is always pumping out music. I think that's something that's so dope about him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And so um, you mentioned that... Um, Kent played bass, and then you said Kai Alexander was on guitar?
1: Yeah, so Kai actually worked through Trey. So I guess they worked together on a lot of projects. But he actually, yeah. So he did the guitar, he did the chords and everything, and then Trey um, produced everything else around the guitar. Because I feel like the guitar is like, the main element of the song and that's what i mm-hmm. wanted in general just kind of like that acoustic soul type feel um also with a lot of the neo soul influences so yeah he really captured that
0: yeah that's very much as is, is, is um achieved in this song the neo soul vibe and then the acoustic soul vibe absolutely it, it it's gorgeous and of course the bgvs never fail to come through <laughs> in this song as well and Also live, like um, from the Instagram videos that I've seen of you, it's BGVs constantly stick out. And I, I, you know, I know I'm bringing it up so much, but I have to know, like, do you vocal produce your own BGVs? Because on some of, based on some of your harmonic choices when you're singing your lead, I can tell that you have a sharp ear for layers. So, how do you approach? BGVs I
1: do I do produce my uh, BGVs First off Um, And a lot of that I think a lot of The approach Comes from listening Um, Mm -hmm. Some of my favorite Background vocals Come from D'Angelo Um, Erika Badu and Jasmine Sullivan. I just absolutely love all their background vocals. And I failed to mention this earlier, but the way I arranged my background vocals from running were heavily inspired by a lot of Erika Badu's music. Um, And like, I feel like if you go back and kind of like listen closely, you'll kind of hear like some of the inflection she does on her background vocals. You'll kind of be like, oh, like I can definitely hear the influence Mm -hmm. of that. But for Hmm. personal, my background vocals, I was listening to a lot of D'Angelo at that time. And just kind of like the approach of like even how I was singing them, like kind of like the breathiness and just kind of like the husky tones. And yeah, so like that was heavily inspired by him and just the layers. I always try to have like two or three parts, kind of like the mm-hmm. main. I usually might start with like the alto or, you know, tenor. And then I don't either build up or just kind of like build around. And I just yeah. try to like create colors in a sense. Um, just kind of like with the different tensions and like passing tones and things. Um, it's, it's honestly like the best part about producing my vocals and recording them. Uh, I feel Mm -hmm. like backgrounds are are the best part because it's just kind of like trial and error and just like, it's not as serious. Like you can have fun and just kind of like take the edge off and like record a bunch of stuff. And then if something doesn't work, just, you know, take it off. But I'm very experimental.
0: That's good, like it's good to not leave any stones unturned so that way you could mm-hmm. see and make the song um, at its best potential, you know and and really get it to where it can be. Um, I love to hear the way that you approach BGBs. Um, BGBs have always been like more of a challenging thing for musicians, so um, the fact that mm-hmm. you said it's all about listening, like that is so true because in this process of trying to practice and get better at that. It always goes, even just in any part of music, it always goes back to listening because yes. it's better um, if you can hear it instead of see it on paper, you know? Mm-hmm. That's so true. So it's, it's, wow. I'm just like, you go girl, you in your, you and your ear, like <laughs> a- amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much. Oh, of course, of course. And there's a two-year gap between the release of Personal and Runnin'. Has Personal been in your vault for some time, or is this a track you recently wrote? So, I am a songwriter, um,
1: and I wrote Personal in hopes that another artist would take it. When I wrote it at the time, I didn't think it was a song for me. Um, So I... Yeah, so I worked with someone and I was h- trying to pitch it to other artists with hopes that like somebody else would take it and I would just be like the sole songwriter of it. But that didn't end up working out, so I just kind of like sat on the song until like fast forward, I decided that I wanted to release it. And like now that I released it, I'm just kind of like people would be like this song is so you, like why don't you put mm-hmm. it out and I, I'm just kind of like, "Oh, I don't think it's me." I'm glad that I saved it because, like, I feel like the artist that I am now and just like the direction that I'm going, it's definitely something Mm -hmm. that I needed to have put out. And maybe it was just like at the time, I wasn't the artist or at the level or didn't have like the vision that I do now and just like my sound and everything. But I'm super glad that I saved it and put it out because <laughs> I don't know. I think mm-hmm. I guess I was just like really tripping when I said that I didn't want I didn't want to put it out <laughs> because it's definitely one of one of my favorite songs that I've ever
0: written. Oh, we're gonna talk about future music shortly here because <laughs> you keep saying songs, and I'm like, we only have two, and girl, we need some more. We need a whole project, and I can't <laughs> wait. Uh, and the fact that you were planning on writing this like for for someone else, and it, it's just so surprising, uh, because I. I was going. To, I was about to ask you, like, what was the headspace you were in, and, and what was the idea you're trying to create for your listeners to relate to. And so, I get that you know that can kind of change. There may not be a particular headspace when you're not writing it for yourself. Um, mm-hmm. So, how did how did that switch for you? Like, what was the headspace you were in when you wrote it, and then um, what was the headspace you were in when you decided to release it?
1: When I wrote it, it was kind of like I was working with a student A and R rep. Um, Mm -hmm. At Berkeley and they were pitching songs to like publishing companies and like other A&R reps from different labels and things. And I guess they were practicing and they wanted to like work with songwriters um, and artists to, you know, create songs that fit around a certain vibe. Mm. So with me, they were kind of looking for like a modern day, like something like They said it was like they're looking for something that sounded like a modern day, like Indy re or something like that. Okay. Um, So I was just kind of like, okay, so you're looking for like some sort of like modern day acoustic soul. And they were like, yeah, do you have anything like in your catalog for that? And I was like, no, but I feel like, you know, maybe I can write something if you're pitching. So Mm -hmm. I ended up writing that song and... It was, you know, it was good. Um but yeah. I was I wrote it with the mindset of, oh this is for, you know, another artist, so I'm yeah. not really like putting all of my personal like personal sound and like uniqueness into it. But when I really look back, I I was because <laughs> <laughs> I I ended up re-recording the vocals and everything and like I was still like you know wow. like I think I should you know give this to another artist but I feel like I was just in that mindset of just the way the song was born it was like
0: mm-hmm. it was
1: born to be pitched so in a way I was just kind of like oh it's not going to be mine anyway but as I grew and like I held on to it I was it, It was just kind of like, yeah, I need to, I need to put this out, especially Mm -hmm. after I got with Trey B and like he really created like the track and it was just really amazing. And I redid the vocals and the, the backgrounds and everything. It was just kind of like, he was just like, you know, when are you going to put this out? Like, let me know. And I was just kind of like, you know, like I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, trying to give it to another artist. And he was like, Oh, okay. But a year passed and it was just kind of like yeah i definitely need to put this out cuz this is me yeah <laughs> oh i love that so how how old is personal i wrote personal in 2020 but it was like the end of 2020 so oh, it's, okay. it's it's a little, got a under, little bit of- under 2 years yeah
0: okay yeah wow so she's seasoned that's cool i love to see like how long like it's it's a very new song for us but for you you're like i've been heard this so that's cool yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So we're towards the end here. So what can we expect to see from you next? My personal request as a fan of yours is a duet with Bean at Bean Music on Instagram because of this Smoky Robinson cover of Ooh Baby Baby that you two did.
1: It's, it's unmatched. Aww that was so fun. It was so impromptu. But yeah, I would love to do like another project with Bean. I haven't seen him in so long, so that would just be really fun to like get together and do some sort of like reunion reunion mm-hmm. cover or just like just anything in general. Just like, he's such an amazing songwriter, so I would definitely yeah. love to work with him again. But as far as like new music, I don't want to give anything away. Mm. But I, all I can say is expect to hear something very soon, like very, very soon. <gasps> um, honestly, before this even for is like it might be something like new coming. But oh. <laughs> 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 later on, later on this year, um, I will be working on my album. I'm working on my album now. So later on this year, I'm hoping to... Hoping to put out my first EP. Oh, I don't want to say hope. I, I am going to. I plan. I know that's right. So, <laughs> But yeah, my first EP, um, it's it's been a long time. And I, I'm ready. I know other people are ready. And I'm just excited for things yeah. to take off more with my music. I'm going to be also... Hopefully doing some like Christmas music too. I love holiday music. So I'm hoping yeah. to, you know, put out like a Christmas single or something later this year. So, you know, we're in January. The year is just started. So mm-hmm. I've got a, a lot of ideas, a lot of plans, but you can definitely expect to hear a lot of new music for me this year and just growing my presence and just really expanding
0: Oh, that's amazing. And I, I pray that so many blessings come from that, not only just with blessing other people with your music, um, through them listening to it, but just like blessings for like continued growth in your in your um, career. Thank you. All righty. So I want to ask you to quickly um, plug your social media handle so the listeners can follow you.
1: Yes. Okay. Um, so my Instagram is at TaylorDeneenMusic. Um, if you want to know how to spell that, it's T-A-Y-L-O-R. D-E-N-E-E-N music. Um, if you're on Facebook, um, you can also follow my Facebook artist page um, under the same username. Um, my Twitter is at Denine, And then also, you know, I'm on YouTube. Um, so yeah, feel free to follow me for, you know, the latest content and to follow my musical journey.
0: I know that's right. Because we have another something coming sooner than we think. So we need to stay <laughs> on top of this. <laughs> it is not a drill. Yes. <laughs> Please do. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And lastly, I'd like to end the show with four recurring questions that all guests get asked. The first one being, what's one thing that people don't know about you that would be unexpected?
1: Hmm. I guess if you didn't grow up with me, I, not only do I come from a musical family, but I come from a very athletic family. So I played sports a lot. Um, I played basketball, I played volleyball, I played softball, um, I even did like flag football for a time. Um, oh my gosh. My family, is, my family is heavy in football. My uncle was in, he played football um, for Division one college, and then he later went on to the minor leagues. So yeah, um, sports run deep in my family, and I did that for a time until I had to choose between that and music, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. That's one
0: thing that a lot of people don't know. That is so cool. And who knows, maybe you could be like J. Cole in the future, have a whole rapping career, and then in some (laughs) other country be a professional basketball player.
1: I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) Right. I'm a little rusty. So like I would definitely have to do some training. Volleyball was my like my favorite. I feel like that was like my strongest sport that that I was the best at.
0: Oh, that is so cool. Oh, I would have never, never guessed that. That's awesome. All (laughs) right. Thank you. And question two, if you were reincarnated, who in music would you come back as? Past or present, alive or dead?
1: If I was reincarnated, I would come back present as Jennifer Hudson. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Just because I love <laughs> I love her so much. Um, I always joke around with people and say that I want to be Jennifer Hudson when I grow up just because like, mm-hmm. I love her voice so much, but I also love her personality. Like her voice fills up a room, but her personality also fills up a room, but she can sing and mm-hmm. she can act like she can do whatever she wants. And I just, I don't know. I love her. She's like a Disney princess to me just because she's just wow. so talented and just like, I don't know. She's incredible.
0: Oh, wow. That's awesome. Jennifer Hudson. Yeah, she can do it all. That is so true. Mm-hmm. And she was on American Idol, right? Yeah, she was.
1: She was on it the same season as Fantasia. That's that's really wild <gasps> to me. Like
0: <laughs> They were I, on it the same season. <laughs> I forgot about that. Two powerhouse singers. Oh. Mm-hmm. All righty. So third one. When you retire from music, what will you do? What does that look like for you?
1: I don't plan on retiring like anytime soon, but like one random thing that I want to do when I'm older and like kind of like mm-hmm. not so heavy in music is I want to mm-hmm. open my own like soul food restaurant because I love food Ooh. and I'm at an age now where I'm really learning how to cook and I would mm-hmm. love to like, if I'm good enough, you know, open my own restaurant or like start some sort of like franchise for soul food. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you could totally do that. And it's like, even if um, cooking didn't like work out or something like that, it's like you could still like open a restaurant and, um, you know, collaborate with like a chef or something like that and create the recipes Mm -hmm. together. Mm Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay, quick side question. What's your favorite soul food dish?
1: I would have to say fried catfish, mac and cheese, black-eyed peas, either greens, like collard greens or green beans with mashed potatoes.
0: Oh, (laughs) that that sounds so good. (laughs) That sounds so good. Especially (laughs) the mac and cheese. Oh, Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Why do I feel like your family probably throws down on Thanksgiving? We
1: do. We really do. I'm not (laughs) trying to brag, but, like, that's one of my favorite things about going home. Like, I love Boston, but, Mm -hmm. like, I would really look forward to going home for Thanksgiving and Christmas because I would eat really
0: good. Oh, I bet. All right. Now, getting back, the very um, last question what kind of legacy do you want your career to leave behind? I
1: really want to be a positive role model. Um, mm. I really aspire to like, you know, just set a good example for people that you know, come after me, Um, not only just to be an inspiration, but an encouragement to people that look like me and just people that, you Mm -hmm. know, think they don't have the opportunity or don't think they're good enough. Like I want to set the example of, you know, look at me, like you can do it. Like like I did. You know, I'm from a small town and like, you know, a lot of people didn't believe in me or like, I didn't think I had the opportunities, but you know, you can do it, you know, put your mind to anything. I would, I just want to, you know, constantly be an encouragement and just like a positive example to the people that come after me.
0: And I fully believe that you absolutely will do that because you definitely have um, the heart to do so. I've only met you in person a few times, but that's something that can be clearly seen. So you will. Well, Taylor, thank you for joining me today and allowing the listeners to get to know you more. I greatly appreciate you sharing your time with me. And thank you so much for listening to She's Soul. Until next time, much love.